The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Oh, goodness. Not this again. Another night of bad baseball for the Royals. Pretty much all the way around. And another night of Toronto winning makes it even worse. Meaning Casey's lead for home field is now shrunk to two. But if this current trend of horrid starting pitching keeps up, and the concern at the back end of the bullpen, that home field advantage may be the least of our concerns come October. As it's Davo, glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. And I'll start off by saying, no, I'm not panicked, at least not completely. Not at all. There's no there's no freaking out here. Uh, and I don't believe these problems are irreversible either. I believe the Royals can and will get out of this funk. But at this point, the concern level obviously is growing each day. And not just because of the offense, which has been mostly absent over the last couple of weeks outside of a couple of games, namely that game on Saturday in Baltimore. I mean, it's because the starting rotation has been awful. The starting rotation completely awful. Just when we thought they'd turned a corner about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it's gone completely downhill. And obviously the back end of the bullpen has been an issue as well. But we'll get into all that here in a second. Let's start with our player of the game tonight. Jeremy Guthrie. That's not a good sign when your long reliever is the player of the game. As Guthrie came in in that third inning because Danny Duffy had his second shortest outing of the season. The first was also against Cleveland, a one-inning affair back in May. This time two and a thirds for Danny, giving up four runs on six hits, two walks, three Ks, took him 69 pitches to just get seven outs. So about 10 pitches per out if you break that down throughout this short night for Danny Duffy. And how frustrating was that second inning? Two outs, nobody on, and then Cleveland puts up a three spot. Then he comes out, obviously, in the third, and Jeremy Guthrie bailed him out, getting him out of the one-out, two-on scenario In that third inning, Guthrie goes four and two-thirds overall, allowing one run on two hits, struck out four, walked three. So pretty good for Jeremy. Only five base runners allowed in four and two-thirds. Nice job. And nice to see him miss some bats as well with those four Ks and four and two-thirds. And it's something that he's been working on since he went to the bullpen. Spoke with him the other day about that. His fastball movement, the best it's been all year, definitely. And he showed that tonight. More, The two-seam had some great action tonight. He's been working on that. He's unlocked something thanks to his working with Dave Island. You saw it tonight. Much more action down. And the slider, probably the best it's been all season. That's the one pitch that was huge for him down the stretch last year in the second half. It's been absent all year, the slider. And it came back a bit tonight. And I mean, the one hit to Lindor gave up the run for Guthrie. But Lindor was squaring up a toothpick tonight. He was on, you know, locked in so much and throughout this series. So, you know, a nice night for Jeremy, who's our player of the game. And good to see him. You know, a role I believe he could excel in, by the way, for a couple more years in the bullpen as a long man slash middle guy. Hopefully we'll see him back with the Royals in 2016. But back to Duffy now. The real concern here and the real thing we need to talk about is Duffy because Guthrie's secondary at this point. Duffy, Ventura, Cueto, all these guys in the rotation are, are the main concern right now, especially Duffy and Cueto. Now, the last five starts for Duffy, not pretty. 18 runs allowed in 25 innings, his last five starts. That's a 6.48 ERA, his last 25 innings. That includes 13 walks in 25 innings. And it's the last couple of starts been back to the same old Danny Duffy. Uh, Just lots of foul balls, lots of 0-2 counts where he can't seem to put a hitter away. He loses some to base on balls. Not trusting his fastball at times enough. 
Duff has now gone six innings in just two of his last eight starts. Not good when you only get six innings or more one out of four starts. Very frustrating. And you couple that with Johnny Cueto. We don't, you know, we went over the numbers a couple nights ago. No need, to, no need to rehash those tonight. But I mean, Cueto has been awful. I mean, much worse than Duffy. Duffy's been bad. Cueto's been awful. Your Ventura has been up and down. We've seen mostly good from him the last five weeks. And I do trust him and Volquez in the playoffs. Those are about the only two starters, maybe Medlin. Uh, although, you know, Chris Medlin went out and gutted it out last night with basically one pitch. A guy who knows how to pitch who, I mean, if he gets those three pitches all working to the same night can be, I mean, he was great last night. I think how good he can be when he gets those all three going. So maybe I almost trust Medlin, who's looking more and more likely to be in the playoff rotation. Uh, two and a half guys I trust. Volquez, Ventura, and Medlin. I, right now, I don't trust Johnny Cueto at all. And I've been the number one at you know, giving, you know, preaching patience with him and coming up with, I wouldn't say excuses, coming up with legitimate reasoning why he might be struggling. And there, and there still are legitimate reasons, but it's gotten to the point with him, obviously, five awful outings in a row you can't justify to this point. And it's something, I think something's wrong. I think the Royals should have skipped him his last start. Still think he should be skipped this start. It's not going to happen, so it doesn't matter what I think. I do trust the training staff and this organization a lot more than I trust my opinion. They, they've earned that, no doubt about that. They've been right pretty much every single time over the last few years. So they know what they're doing. I'm a little nervous about Cueto, though, for that reason, because I'm still not 100% convinced he's 100% healthy. But, I mean, yeah, you look at Danny Duffy and you look at Cueto struggling. You don't have Jason Vargas. And who would have ever thunk that that Jason Vargas injury would be as big of a deal if it's become? Think of a healthy Jason Vargas right now. Think of if you had six innings of three-run ball pretty much every time out, which is basically what Vargas gave you all last year. Think if you had that right now. How much that would steady things. Think if Johnny Cueto was pitching even 70% what he's capable, how much that would steady things. And think if Danny Duffy could somehow get back to the guy we saw a good portion of last year and at times this year when he first came back from the DL, that start in Seattle onward for about seven starts. I mean, the guy that was giving you innings, pitching to contact, putting guys away with two strikes, trusting his fastball. Think what things would be right now for this rotation. That's why I think this is still fixable. I'm concerned about the rotation, but I we gave you the numbers on Cueto. We know Cueto, at least if, if he's mostly healthy, is, is obviously going to pitch better than he has. He's been very unlucky on the good old BAPIP stat. Balls in play. Well, I think it's 340 the last seven starts, something like that. So very unlucky there. That on its own will correct itself a bit. And you have to think the Royals seem to think they've found something with his release point. Uh, the, hopefully that start in Detroit will change everything. And boy, Friday night's a big start in Detroit for Cueto and the Royals. So you'd like to think Cueto is going to get better, right? That'll That's one reason I'm optimistic about the rotation. Number two, Ventura has been pretty darn good. And I, I believe he'll step up big in the playoffs. Just a gut feeling on that. Maybe that's just blue goggles on. Volquez has been good all year. And remember, in the playoffs, these guys go a little bit shorter. And the bullpen's available pretty much every day because you have two days, then one off. Two on, one off. And Medlin, hopefully, I mean, it's to the point now where it's probably down to Medlin or Duffy for that last spot in the rotation. Obviously, you can't start Duffy against Toronto. You might start him, though, against the Yankees, all those left-handed bats. But do you trust him completely? I guess you probably do. You just have a short lease on him. I don't know. It's frustrating, but I do think the Royals can get better production out of the rotation. And luckily, it's happening now and not three weeks from now. We're going through the tough part, as Ned Yost described yesterday. It's a virus. The Royals are going through it. You know, just stay the course. Do the best you can to heal. Stay positive. You'll get through it. That's, that's kind of what, you know, let, let the virus run its course is kind of what Ned said. And I kind of agree with that, especially with the starting pitching. I mean, it really can't get a lot worse, realistically. 
Because you've got some guys who are pretty established, namely Cueto, and even guys with quite a bit of big league experience like Duffy, who can and hopefully will come back around. Now, the bullpen, obviously, is another concern. We talked about that last night with Greg Holland. He did hit 93 the final pitch to blow away the hitter last night to finish the game, but 89, 90 is what he sat at last night in the fastball. That's not good. Concern there, enough that Mr. Kite came out with Ned to take a look at him. Not good. You look at Wade Davis, a guy who's missed several days the last month where he wasn't available. Once it was because of the back, then a little arm stiffness, forearm stiffness. You have Ryan Matson, whose arm was so dead that it hurt to touch his arm for two weeks. Herrera with the chicken pox has not been good since coming back. So the bullpen's struggling too. But again, I do think the Royals will find a way to get through that come the postseason. They'll grit through this. And, and last but not least, the offense. Let's talk about that. The offense is, like I said at the top, not been doing much. They're not not carrying their own load in recent days. And thank God for Chris Medlin last night stepping up or we'd really be in in trouble tonight. You know, a little bit more concerned. The offense just one run again tonight. The solo shot from Moose in the seventh inning, his 19th of the year, one away from his career high. That's all they had tonight. He had a double from Zobrist and Perez. Three walks, but 11 strikeouts for a team that prides itself on not striking out as the Royals continue to put fastball swings and try to pull and breaking balls low and away. Good job by Danny Salazar. Seven innings, one run for Cleveland, scattering four hits, strikes out six, and walks two. So where am I at right now on concern level? Got a tweet earlier from Greg. Thank you for the tweet at Royals Clubhouse. Where am I on concern level right now on a one to ten? I'm at a seven right now. It seems to go up about a half a point every day. I'm at a seven because the starting pitching is falling apart right now. I'm at a seven because the bullpen is in a major slump right now and appears half of it to be injured. And I'm at a seven right now because there's several guys in the lineup who look lost right now. However, I'm not higher than that because there's still a lot of seasons. Still two and a half weeks left. The Royals still do have a two-game lead on Toronto. Even if, God forbid, they're tied sometime next week. There's still a week and a half where the Royals can get hot, and the schedule's still pretty favorable for the Royals. The Blue Jays still have the Yankees again. Hopefully they'll lose that and a couple other tough series coming up. So, you know, at the end of the day, the Royals are in the playoffs no matter what. It's still going to be easier than last year no matter what because there's not going to be a wild card game. So you're at least guaranteed home field on the ALDS as well, which is good, assuming the Royals don't completely fall apart the next two weeks. The ALDS record but at least get you those games at the K. It would just be the ALCS where you lose the home field. So that's a concern, but let's worry about that when we get there. And let's keep in mind, even on the off chance this happens, the most important thing right now is not home field. I mean, it is and it isn't. It is important. It's way more important than the division because the division's over. But the most important thing is the Royals have to get right. They're pitching. Or it's going to be a short postseason either way. And home field won't matter if you can't pitch, if you can't keep the ball in the ballpark, if you're walking guys, if you can't get innings, if the back of your bullpen's worn down and, and not pitching effectively, if your hitters are swinging at sliders like they're fastballs and trying to pull everything, it's not going to matter if you're playing in Kansas City or if you're playing on the freaking moon. At that point, you're in big trouble. So the most important thing right now, yes, home field is, but number one is to start playing good ball again and pitch better. And hopefully that begins tomorrow. So a tough game for the Royals as Corey Kluber returns for his first start in a few weeks. The reigning Cy Young winner will be opposed by Yordano Ventura. Ventura 11-8 with a 4-4-2. Kluber 8-13 with a 3-4-1. Yordano comes off a tough outing against Baltimore going five and two-thirds, allowing four runs on eight hits his last time out. This year has only seen the Tribe once back in April. The 29th at Cleveland took the loss, giving up five runs and five and a third. 
Royals have hit Kluber so far this year. He's coming off of a hamstring injury. His first start since August 29th. Kluber has a 4-3-4 against KC in four starts and is 1-3. That includes like a nine-inning one-run game. You take that game out, Kluber's ERA is well north of six. So the Royals have hit him pretty well this year. Lost three out of four. That complete game came back on July 29th at Progressive Field. So that's where we're at. I'm kind of done predicting wins and losses right now because the Royals aren't playing good ball. It's possible any day now that's going to turn around, and I expect that it will. I believe we're, we're bottoming out right now. I, I don't think it's going to continue the, for much longer this way. I think especially the Royals are going to take two out of three in Detroit this weekend. I, I like how things shape up in that series. Find a way to get that win tomorrow. You really want to win three of the last four on this road trip. That at least guarantees you're going to come home two games up on Toronto, who you'd like to think will lose at least one of their next four. So you take three of the next four, you come home with at least a two-game lead for your final homestand of the year at the K, and hopefully it can get things right back home and stretch that lead back up to three. But again, that's only going to happen if the Royals start correcting their mistakes. Number one, starting pitching. And it's not like it's mental mistakes. The mistakes is a bad word. If the Royals start pitching better. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's too much approach there. I think it's just they're, I don't know if they're worn out. But just going through a slump, time will tell, I suppose. But anyway, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the Ryan Sheely interview I posted last night, or maybe it was two nights ago. I can't keep track of time anymore. I hope you check that one out. And we'll be back again for the dish throughout the weekend here on Clubhouse Conversation, where we're thinking about the Royals tomorrow night, not the Chiefs. You know, If you're listening to this, you're probably a bigger Royals fan than Chiefs. So hopefully the Chiefs get a win tomorrow and the Royals as well. And luckily the Royals do start about an hour and ten minutes before the Chiefs. So you should be able to see all the Royals game and at least the second half of the Chiefs game if you want to watch the Royals game in its entirety. How about a 10 nothing Royals lead tomorrow at 7.30 so we can just flip over to the Chiefs? How about that? Have a great night. Go Royals.